Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy and we didn't have an intro song because Carson is on vacation. Um, we'll be reaching out to him in a little while, but um, I am going solo this week. This is, uh, this is Unmissing Persons uh, chapter... What chapter is this? Chapter 6? Uh, is it chapter 6? Um, Home Alone. And I'm, you know, I'm here in Portland. I'm, I'm, I'm by myself for these two weeks that Carson, Carson left a week ago. Um, check, um, wife air and the moon. Um, but I've been doing pretty good. I've been working and I've been, um, you know, talking to people on the phone and I visited my mom, um, the other day and it was nice, had dinner and, uh, but it's been pretty rainy here in Portland. So I haven't been gotten out too much. Um, but I just, things have been going really well. I've been feeling really good. I'm on the meds. Uh, I'm on two meds. Um, and they've been working pretty well. And I've been feeling good. Um, and then I haven't had too many side effects. But, uh, I just wanted to thank everybody for all the positive, um, feedback on the podcast. And, uh, and um i just want to thank everybody who reached out when i was um missing cuz that's what that's what made me want to come back home was seeing all that love out there and um it's it's his birthday today so i just want to give a special shout out even though i don't think he listens um to uh, matt cohen who headed up was one of the big people heading up the effort to find me and enlisted um Kevin Smith and um Ron Funches and some other people some other friends to um tweet out things and it just really meant a lot to me and um Matt was one of those guys that uh I've been friends with for a long time we met in 06 07 so it's been like 13 years, 14 years. And, um, and then we, when he moved out here in 2008, man, so it's been 12 years that we've been hanging out. And, uh, and then of course, Matt was the co-owner of Smod Castle and, um, I got to work at Smod Castle, Kevin Smith's theater. And that was just an amazing adventure. And, but we'd kind of fallen out of touch over the years as, um, just things happen, you know, things, things, people lose touch. And, but it's nice to know who your friends are when it matters, I guess. And, uh, so happy birthday to Matt. And I just want to thank you very much for what you did because it means a lot. And, um, I did reach out, um, I reached out on Facebook and to get some questions. So I got some questions from the audience and we're just going to 
go through some of those and then we'll call Carson and we'll call it a night. Um, um, but uh, this first one is from J.R. Eves and he writes in and asks, uh, have the roles been reversed when you are the one helping a person with mental health issues? Do you feel people pay lip service to men's mental health issues, but when the time comes, you feel super alone? Also, a plug for chriseves.com, Chris without the H, C-R-I-S, Eves, E-A-V-E-S. Um, he writes awesome songs, and J.R. writes songs in them, and Chris is super talented, so check that out. But uh, to answer your question, um, <clears throat> I've had the opportunity, because people have reached out to me with their own mental health issues, and while I'm not a professional... It's nice that people feel like I'm someone they can talk to because it's good to talk to anybody. Um, I mean, to get things going, I, I mean, I recommend talking to a professional, but, um, but I've, you know, it's being able to empathize with people going through that have gone through the same shit that I've been through. It's, I've, it's a blessing. It's being able to use the bad for good. And maybe if I can help somebody feel like they're not alone, then, you know, it's makes me feel better for sure. And it's I think it's part of recovery is being able to help other people and uh, and let your live, let your life be an example to others. And, uh, you know, um not saying I have all the answers, that's for sure, but, but, uh, I definitely have empathy for people struggling and I can, and, 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 and I feel like, um, we can help each other because sometimes it feels like nobody's listening to you. And, uh, and if you've been through this stuff before, then you can definitely be there for each other and listen to each other. And, um, yeah, I think I um I think people do pay lip service to men's mental health even though um suicide is the highest rate among um men. Uh I just <coughs> uh, Oh shit, I had it pulled up here. But um yeah, according to the um, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, um, the rate of suicide is highest in middle-aged white men. Um, in 2018, men died by suicide 3.56 more times more often than women, and white males accounted for 69.67 of suicide deaths in 2018. Um, so... <coughs> I think there's this whole, you know, idea, especially in America, of what men are supposed to be and how they're supposed to act and what they're supposed to do. And mental illness doesn't fit into that picture. And especially when it comes to places like in the church, at least from my experience. Um, and so it creates this pressure that you feel and then you don't you feel ashamed to get help because 
you know, you're failed as a man. I've, I definitely felt that a little bit. I felt like I failed as what was expected of me by society. You know, I had lost my job. I couldn't, I wasn't feeling up to doing anything. And I just was feeling like I failed as a, as a, as a, as a, as a man. And, uh, you know, and there's so much of the society's expectations that, um, you know, it just sucks. So, uh, so I think, um, I think there's a lot of, uh, pressure on men to act a certain way and, and it's not natural (laughs) and it's, and, and, and then you're considered, people always tell you to man up and, and, you know, as JR says, he was told to man up and not be a pussy. I mean, I definitely heard that kind of stuff and, you know, oh, well, stop being depressed. It's that easy. And especially for men, um, you know, you get that a lot and, and it's hard. There's a huge stigma. And so I think erasing that stigma is a big part of what I try to do by being open about what I'm experiencing and doing this podcast is part of it. And so I hope maybe if you're listening to this, um, I've helped you're getting something out of it. Um, as far as like erasing that stigma for mental health and you can share that with other people. Um, so thank you, JR for the first email. Um, we got one from Kathleen Mack in here. She says, she was, um, Kathleen was, uh, part of my crew in, uh, high school, but she wasn't there, um, during the, the streaking incident, her or, um, she was, cause she was friends with our friend Paige, who was a year older and had a car, but this was a guy's thing. Um, but she writes, uh. I want to let you know that it is really great to hear your voice. The streaking story you and Car- Carson told the other week had me cracking up. In my mind, I can clearly see all your young faces, and it, and it brings an immense amount of joy to my heart. You guys were always so much fun to be around for those weekly Edge events. Yeah, so we had she was part of um, our youth group was called Edge, and she was part of that. So it's cool to hear from people that have been riding along our our nostalgia trips, and uh, I have a lot of good memories of those times. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about more of them, but uh, a lot of trips. Um, we used to go on ski trips. There's a famous trip where Carson broke his neck. That was crazy. we will talk about that sometime. Um, Carson broke his neck snowboarding and had to be flown to Salt Lake City in a, in a jet, life jet. Not a life flight helicopter, a jet. And he was in traction, and they had to fuse. He did a fusion, spinal fusion surgery, and he almost died. And Carson's had a few brushes, near brushes, with death that I'm sure he could talk about. And uh, yeah, thank you, Kathleen. Um, we have uh, <clears throat> Brian Jessness, longtime listener. It is amazing, he writes, it's amazing to have you back and know you're safe. Can you give some of your top fives from various categories? Oh, geez. 
examples wrestlers, albums, movies, or movie franchises, TV series, action figure lines, cartoon series, cereals, pizzas, sandwiches, candy. Also, I finally finished Freaks and Geeks. It was great overall. I do feel the Grateful Dead plotline was strange. That might be because I'm not much of a deadhead. I wasn't much of a deadhead either, but I did start listening to American Beauty a lot after that episode. Um, the episode where Mr. Rosso gives Lindsay a copy of American Beauty and she listens to it in her room. I just, I love that scene where she's listening to that record because it just kind of is, it reminds me like, like anytime you discover like music, I mean, it might not have been the Grateful Dead, but I think a lot of us had that moment where we just connected with an album so much. And then she goes off and um, and goes on um, goes to the Grateful Dead show instead of going to the academic summit. And I think that was I think they were setting up this story for Lindsay where she was going to, you know, really be at odds with her parents. And um, that's one of those big what ifs, like what was going to happen with that. And uh Paul Feig's written some ideas that he had it was like Lindsay was going to have a bad drug experience um, while on the tour and a few other things. Um, but I love Freaks and Geeks. So I'll do one top five. It's my top five movies. Um, and it goes, I, it's just my, these are my favorite movies. They're not what I consider the best movies. But they're my go-to favorites. And it's Angus, Some Kind of Wonderful, Clerks, Donnie Darko, and The Royal Tenenbaums. It's my top five. Um, that's my go-to. It Sometimes, I mean, like that's my all-time. Um, and uh, Wrestlers is really hard, but... Like all-time favorite wrestlers, um, number one is probably Bret Hart. Uh, number two would be Daniel Bryan. Number three would probably be uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Even though WWE's not used him to the best of his abilities. And then um, Macho Man Randy Savage. And number five is probably... Uh, hmm. That's a good question. Um, number five is probably... Uh, so many I could put in there. Um... I'm going to have to go with uh, Sasha Banks. She's awesome. And she's going to be in The Mandalorian Season 2. I'm very excited. So thank you, Brian. Then we have a question from Chris Hayner. Um, he writes, What's the best wrestling match you've ever seen? And what's the best you've ever seen live? Oh, man. All right, so my the best wrestling match I've ever seen is probably WrestleMania 10, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. That's my favorite match ever. I could watch it over and over again. Um, 
I also, I'm one of the few people, I, I a lot of people say it's boring, but I also love the Iron Man match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12. And then, for pure nostalgia purposes, because we rented the tape so many times, and Carson could attest to this, um, King Kong Bundy versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 2 in the Steel Cage, just because that was the first Steel Cage match I ever saw. And I was super young because we, we would get that tape at 7-Eleven, that and Ghostbusters. And that came out in 86. So they were like six years old. I was like six, six and seven. So it was like 86, 87 when we were renting that tape all the time. And I mean, WrestleMania 2 is, a, from an objective standpoint, it's a terrible show. It's it's really boring. The now, The commentating is terrible. The matches are not very good. Um, the three venues was a poor choice. I mean, it's a novel idea, but they, there's a reason why they never did it again. Um, so, but I just, there's something iconic about that Bundy Hogan match. I mean, um, and Hogan bled, did Hogan bleed or did Bundy bleed? I know they were bleeding and, uh. That was crazy. I mean, just seeing blood in a match. Um, I hadn't been exposed to like, I think a, like a year later, I got like a best of Starcade tape and I saw Dusty versus Flair in a cage and that was like a bloody mess. Now that showed me what blood was in a match. But um, the best I've ever seen live, that's a really tough, I've been to, I've seen, um, been to so many wrestling shows. And I I have I stopped updating my spreadsheet, but I was at at least 150 shows, and so I've seen a lot of matches. But I'd have to say probably um, the. Let me look it up here. It was my first PWG show. Battle of Los Angeles, night two, um, on August thirty on August thirtieth, twenty fifteen. I um, there was a six man guerrilla warfare match uh, between it was the Young Bucks and Super Dragon versus Biff Busick, Andrew Everett, and Trevor Lee, and it was just completely insane. Like everybody was standing up and. Everybody, uh, like, they were sitting down. Dave Meltzer, like, ran into me because he was trying to get out of the way. Um, I almost got hit with a ladder. Uh, I almost got hit with a super kick from one of the Young Bucks. Uh, there, I have this awesome picture. I took a selfie of me. Um, both the Young Bucks are on the floor, and I'm, like, right next to them. It's on, I, I, I should share it on my is is it's one of my favorite pictures um and uh and and it was just it was my first PWG show and just being part of that insane crowd in Reseda which long RIP the Legion Hall in Reseda that's gone now um it's kind of sad about that I love the new th- the venue where they run PWG the Globe Theater it's huge and it's like professional and we're not in the Legion Hall anymore and um there's just it's 
it's it's it's awesome but there's something to be said about being crammed into that legion hall with and it's like 100 degrees in in there 100 degrees plus and crowd is going completely batshit crazy and uh and yeah the there is thumbtack uh there is thumbtack uh shoe spots um there was uh people going through tables knocks um dove to the outside knocks got involved the referee it was crazy um i have to say that or uh wrestlemania 30 the main event daniel bryan winning the title by submission he submitted batista it's not like the greatest technical match but just being in that building after all that build up for Brian um and that was such an amazing moment and being in there they being in the superdome 60,000 plus uh that was special and then um Hayner was there with me but uh Nakamura versus Sami Zayn in Dallas was one of the best experiences I've ever had live. It was awesome. And the crowd was just super hot for that match. And they just, that was a, that was the first time I'd heard fight forever chance. And they just tore the house down. And that was the best Nakamura match in WWE. And that was his first one. So, um, it's just kind of a, yeah, he, uh, it was great of being the Nakamura fan that I am and getting to see it live. Thanks to Hayner. And, uh, that was a fun memory. Um, I'm, I super miss going to live wrestling shows. I wrestling is such a huge part of my life. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but, um, I just really miss it. And I miss WrestleMania weekend. Um, the supposedly it's happening in Tampa, um, in next year, but I'm, I don't see myself going to Tampa. It's supposed to be in LA and hopefully not next year. I mean, 2022, it'll be in LA. Hope they figure that out. That'd be cool. Cause all the indie stuff that happens, um, I mean like some of the, been so many awesome shows, um, indie shows during Mania Week is just nuts. All right, so now I got some Facebook questions. That was the last email question. Let me make sure I don't have any more. No, okay. Um, Jim the Stranger, a wrestler, writes, Brenda, what was your favorite wrestler growing up? Who was your favorite wrestler growing up, and what is your favorite pay-per-view of all time? Favorite pay-per-view of all time? That's really hard. Uh, I'm going to have to say, um, man, either Royal Rumble 1992 with Ric Flair going all the way. Cause that's just, I love the Royal Rumble and that's like one of the best Royal Rumbles and Flair is amazing in it. And Bobby Heenan on commentary, um, yelling about it the whole time is great. Um, and then some of those classic WrestleManias watching those. Cause I watched them so many times. When I grew up like WrestleMania six 
And even though they're like on paper and you walk, you go back and watch them, they're not that great, but they have such huge nostalgia for me because I grew up during the Hulkamania era. I was five years old. I was born in 1980, so I was five when WrestleMania 1 happened. And um, so WrestleMania 3 is an all-time great for me. I mean, Hogan versus Andre, Savage Steamboat. I mean, there's there's just pretty iconic there. And the Silver, Pontiac Silverdome, however many people were there, it was a lot of people. It's not... It's, F allegedly 93,000, but something in the 80,000 range is what is more likely. But they, when they, the, the, where they come out on the mini, the ring truck, it's shaped like a ring and they come out and that, that just, um, seeing Andre on that ring truck and I'll never forget that. Um, and my favorite wrestler growing up was probably, I was a Hulkamaniac cause I grew up right during the Hulk Hogan um era and i mean um, he's gone on to disappoint me greatly with his racism and being shitty in the business but you can't deny he was an icon especially of that era and wrestling is what it is because of him and i mean he headlined the first seven of nine wrestlemanias you cena didn't do that um so He's just, and you can't really compare to him. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's not the greatest in the ring, but when it comes to charisma and his promos and just his overall look and that music, uh, I don't know. Um, but then later on, I became, I was a huge fan of the Heart Foundation. So when Brett went singles, I was a huge Brett Mark. Love Bret Hart. He's probably my all-time favorite um, is Bret Hart. And uh, Bret and Owen are my favorites. Um, I love the Hart family. Love the Hart Foundation. Love the new Hart Foundation. Um, the 97 Hart Foundation, I mean. And of the Hart Dynasty, Davey, Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Tyson Kidd. And... Um, until he went completely insane, I followed Teddy Hart and, uh, I'm just a huge fan of the whole family and, um, my other favorite pay-per-view speaking of the Hart Foundation, because of that would be in your house, Canadian stampede. It's definitely the best in your house. One of the best. It has a bunch of great matches on it. Um, the great Sasuke has an incredible match and, uh, the last match with um, the Heart Foundation versus it's like LOD, Gold Dust, Stone Cold. It's uh, really great, and uh, so that's 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 my favorite wrestler and favorite pay per view. Um, Shannon writes in, is Portland starting to feel like where you live? I know when I moved cities, I felt like a visitor for such a long time. Is it fun living with your brother again after all these years? Yeah, it's been 20 years since I lived with my brother. So that's, it's, it's been a lot of fun living with him and having, having my bro and having bro time all the time. Um, we haven't, I mean, we haven't killed each other yet. And uh, I think we're getting along really well. I mean, 
Um, the niece is great having around. And um, Carson's wife, Rebecca, is really cool, too. So um, it's just great having family. And we're operating like a family unit. And I really love it. And I, 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 I don't know if I would say I feel like Portland is my city yet. Because cause of COVID, I just haven't really done a whole lot. I mean, maybe if I could, if there's just more stuff to do, but I, I definitely feel like home here and I really like it here. And, um, we're getting ready to move to a house. So that's very exciting. Carson and Rebecca bought a house. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that should be even more make it feel like home and um so looking forward to that and uh see if we got any more questions here chris cavins writes in um how is brendo jr doing um brendo jr is my depression cat stuffed cat that chris got for me in tokyo made famous by the wrestler hiromu takahashi who brings brought this little stuffed cat to the ring, and I was like, I gotta get one of those. And Chris found me one in Tokyo. Um, Brendo Jr. is doing great. Um, my niece loves Brendo Jr. Like loves him, and so whenever she comes in my room, she plays with Brendo Jr. and we watch Japanese wrestling. And yeah, it's but Brendo Jr.'s got his place that he stays. He chills out on a, um, it's on a end table in my room and um lil knows that's where he goes it's really cute she always puts him back there and uh but she loves hugging brendo jr and so brendo jr is doing great producer brian abadaka writes some hidden story of the comic con and wonder con sound good um i feel like i've told every story there is to be told about comic con i miss comic con a lot i had some great adventures um there was the time um, Matt and Cohen and I, uh, we were, um, we met a lot of people the year that Matt came to Comic-Con and he slept in his car, um, uh, but uh, we met the Human Giant guys, um, Aziz Ansari and Rob Hubel and Paul Shear. that was cool, and we... We're walking and we walked along with the whole cast of Dr. Horrible, including, um, so there was like Joss Whedon and Felicia Day and, uh, and, um, Nathan Fillion and, um, Dookie Hauser. Yeah. And so that was cool. And we saw them. And then later that night I met Joss Whedon. Matt introduced me to him as a rib trying to see what I would do and I handled myself very well but Joss Whedon's a jerk he did he was did horrible things to his wife you should read about it he's not a nice man so sorry to end this on a downer but um um yeah I miss comic-con for sure Hopefully next year it'll happen. But hey, it's um let's let's uh let's call Carson. 
Let's see what he's doing. Do, do, do. Hopefully he'll pick up. Bro. 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 The baby just woke up. Oh no. Let me get out of the RV. I'm going. I'm in Utah. <laughs> Where in Utah? Um, what? I think we lost you. Are you there? There's dinosaurs. You say you've seen dinosaur bones? Yes, bro. Dinosaur bones are just in the hills. Well, I mean, you have to, like, drive to the middle of nowhere and then have a four-wheel vehicle or hike in, like, sand dunes straight out of... Arrakis, which is also known as Dune. It's a very sandy place, is what I'm saying. Isn't but that where they film sand? You get to these cliffs, and there are fossils in the cliffs. Is that where they filmed Star Wars? Is that the same place? I don't know, man. Maybe. I never hear. It has more of a gentleman Broncos vibe. Oh. That's a good one. So, yeah, I'm just drinking near beer because the alcohol um, is like. Capped off up here. Oh yeah. Country. What percentage is it? Fifty four percent, bro. <laughs> so, what else have you been doing on your adventures? What do the people want to know? Okay, right now. What? There's stars. Hmm. cliffs that what were the cliffs from princess bride the the cliffs of despair the cliffs of insanity cliffs of insanity but like worse than that they were they were the cliffs of desperate insanity but there's like a road and like my my father-in-law is driving us down there's a baby there's one wrong turn and it's literally like uh you know hundreds of feet down you can see the skeletons of like other cars that didn't make it. So it's been like a cross between like this is the most beautiful rock ever seen in, the, in this river versus oh crap, when we get out of here, it's gonna be like a, another you know panic attack inducing white knuckle drive up the cliffs of desperate insanity. That sounds like a fun time. <sighs> Stress level. It's just with the driving it gets pretty insane because I don't turn to a home in thing who I love. Wrong. I love my other mother. Hi, Kathy, if you're listening. But they know, they know, like Cliff is holding down driving this, this beast of a up these cliffs. And we have to just, you know, they're praying to the Lord and stress. I was like, we're going up Cliff. And then Cliff called me in the car. Fitting me, I think. Uh, and I said, you don't call my husband. It was one of those scenarios. <laughs> but I see, you know, I'm really a part of it. It's just a real... 
Oh no, I'm breaking up. So Lil likes the rocks and dinosaur bones? Those are her two different things. She's in that. She likes rocks and she likes dinosaurs. She finds a camping shovel. A camping shovel is like a hiker's bait, which the hikers don't. It's, but she just found like a pretty like sparkling, shiny, clean one and we disinfected it. Hmm. Nice. 15 months of her or so. Well, bro, you're breaking up quite a bit, so I think that's the end of our bro time. Shoot, man. All right. Can you still hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? That's better. I just want to say, I love you, bro. I love you, bro. I love you, bro. I love the Seahawks, bro. Yeah, man, Seahawks. I love him too. He's gonna. He, he pulled me through. I think I might win my game. I love it, bro. All right, bro. Well, I'm. You got a week to get back here. So I hope you come my back in one. Brandon, he got depression. This is a story. Why? Brando, Brando. His brother Carson buzzed in a dead if he'll die <laughs> Carson Carson missing person happened to my bro missing. this is when you come in bro to, what is this week 7 unmissing person and that's, that's the, the name, name of our, of our show, show. answered some wrestling questions people asked about wrestling bro that was the end we nailed it yeah we did that's the end of the episode so thanks everybody for listening what's the next chapter uh i i don't know what is the next chapter we're what was this one this one was home alone <laughs> we'll talk about the millennium depression in the millennium that's it depression in the millennium next chapter I'm on board love you bro 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 love you All right. Love you, bro. Love you. I'm a little buzz, bro. <laughs> it's desert. It's got me thinking crazy. All right. Dude, we got a house. <laughs> yeah, you did. We bought a house. 
this. Anyway, what is this? Are we still going? Yeah, we're still going. Is it cool if I pee? <laughs> no. You know me, I have peeing. <laughs> Alright, bro. Um. So next week we'll talk about the millennium and what we were doing in the year 2000. Are you peeing? He's done. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening and um, tune in next week for another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy. Have a good one, everybody.